What's up, guys? It's Paul from Sure Thing Cigars, located here on Florida's beautiful Emerald Coast. Really cool podcast we get to release to you today. As you know, we're doing a series of them. We've done a number of different podcasts, and um, uh, all of them have been a good time. Getting great reviews already on a lot of these podcasts. I know our last one that we just released on my first cigar is already getting amazing reviews. It's cool to see it. And um, so in that, it inspired me to do a podcast based on cigars in general. And we want to talk about this difference. A lot of people ask uh, about the difference between cigarettes, cigars, smokeless tobacco, vaping, uh, you know, these nicotine uh, pouches, patches, everything else, all these different ways that you can um, get this nicotine into your system. And I will tell you, if you're looking for a nicotine rush, cigars are not the way to go. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if, if those of you looking for a nicotine rush just turn this podcast off, that's completely fine. Not a problem. If you're looking at cigars, a nicotine content of cigars is between 1% and 3%. 3% is going to be your Lajero, which is the top of the plant. 1% is going to be the Seco, the bottom of the plant. As the tobacco plant is uh, tobacco plants usually about 6 feet tall. And so up at 6 feet, you're getting 3%, only 3% nicotine. And this is harsh soil this stuff grows in, guys. This is rocky, very difficult soil to grow in. This is not the potting soil and peat moss that you buy, that you plant your poinsettias in. This is very difficult soil. So what does that mean? We talk about that. What does that mean? That means that these cigars, these plants, these are living plants. They have to fight so hard to get through the rocks, the roots, the debris, that, that crazy soil they've got to fight so hard to grow through, which means they're going to produce a lot of oil. Oil, in turn, turns to nicotine, yes? So when we look at that and we look at these Pure tobacco products. A cigar, I can, you, someone can say to me, Paul, what is this cigar? And I can say, go to the Dominican and go to these three valleys and you're going to find everything that's in that cigar. Nowhere else. Stop your search there. When you're looking at cigarettes, 27% nicotine minimum. So, and these are grown in, in the fertile, gorgeous black fields of Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, all these places, Connecticut. This nicotine did not come from this gentle baby soil of Kentucky. So where did it come from? Chemicals. Now, I don't mean to sound like a millennial here. Chemicals is my, uh, what is it called? Trigger word. I hate it. I hate, the term trigger word is my trigger word. I hate it. But... 27% nicotine in a cigarette, uh, even more than that in chewing tobacco. I used to bale hay in high school. I loved it. I'd grow up, I grew up on a farm. I'd stack hay. I'd bale hay. There'd be hay up in the air. What do you do? You can't smoke a cigar in that. Are you smoking a cigar in a tinder bottle? You'll burn the whole place down. What do you do? You chew red man, gold blend. Oh, yes. Now, my biggest mistake ever. I have two big mistakes. One is I read the ingredients on a box of bagel bites, and I realized that there was nothing in it I could pronounce. There was no dough. There was no pepperoni. There was no cheese. There was no mozzarella. It was all of this whatever. The second biggest mistake, so I stopped eating bagel bites. 
The second biggest mistake I ever made was I looked up the ingredients to Red Man Gold Blend. 44% tobacco. Goodness gracious. So what's the rest of it? And then I found out. And so I stopped chewing Red Man way too late. I still love the taste. I stopped chewing Red Man way too late. Tobacco naturally does not taste like raisins. I can tell you that. Red Man tastes like raisins. That's great. I love it. Tobacco naturally does not taste like raisins, does not taste like prunes, does not taste like raisins or raisinets. Tobacco tastes like the soil, like the cedar of the barn that it's aged in, like the soil that it's grown in. It's my favorite smell in the entire world. And so when we look at these plants, we sit there and we say, you've got this tobacco plant, six feet tall. It's grown in this rocky soil. It's grown in this very, very um, atmospherically, climatically, an amazing environment. But as, as it relates to the minerals, um, the potassium, the nitrogen, the boron, all of these different minerals in the soil, in these very volcanic, acidic soil regions, this is some of the harshest regions you could actually grow a plant. You don't drive through Honduras and see poppy fields and see dandelions and see rose gardens and see all of these you know, beautiful plants. Hell no. You see massive stalks of tobacco that are six feet tall. This is a strong, strong plant. That strong plant produces tons of oils, and the maximum in it is 3% nicotine. Why do I tell you this? The whole point of this podcast is to talk about how we create cigars. The, the difference in cigars versus, every, versus all these other things. In vaping, you're looking at up to 70% nicotine. What does nicotine do? Nicotine is a chemical that when inhaled into your lungs, goes in and opens up your blood vessels, penetrates them, and your blood shoots straight to your vein, and it makes you feel amazing. It makes you feel great. If you want to feel amazing... If you want to feel wonderful, get the nicotine. No problem. I have no problem selling you on that. However, it's extremely addictive. And it has a very short shelf life, which means as soon as you take a puff of that vape pen, you're going to be coming back and ripping on it and ripping on it and ripping on it. As soon as you take a puff of that cigarette or a good drag, you're going to keep going. Why do people smoke cigarettes late at night when they're out at the bars? Because it keeps them awake, keeps them alive. And it gives them something to socialize about because nothing's cooler than standing outside in the cold and in the rain smoking cigarettes with someone asking them when they moved here and what they do for a living. (laughs) That was sarcasm. And so we look at cigars. I want cigars to be looked at as an art. I want them to be looked at as a craft. It's as much science as it is art. Uh, You look at cigars. Cigars are not blended for the nicotine. They are not blended at all for how can we hook this person? The marketing, the branding, the experience, the people you smoke it with, that's where you get hooked. If you want to talk about being addicted to cigars, they're wrong. They're not addicted to cigars. They're addicted to the pleasure that they feel while smoking a cigar because of external circumstances, not what's inside. It is not the nicotine that is keeping you coming back for a cigar. I smoke cigars for a living. I do it. I'm actually enjoying it right now during this podcast. I absolutely love it. I've, I've been in the cigar industry for nine years, and I absolutely love cigars. I love talking about cigars. I love enjoying cigars. I go to the tobacco fields two to three times a year. 
I go down there, I check it out, I smell them, I taste them, I touch them, and everything else. It is absolutely my favorite part of my job. And why? Because two reasons. One is I get to see how natural the product is. Uh, I was recently interviewed by Camacho, by Camp Camacho. They were asking me, Paul, if you were to take an experience during COVID-19 and look at it and say, how can we replicate this experience to the consumer that is uncomfortable going to Honduras right now during the pandemic? If this pandemic continues, how can we go on with the uh, experience of Camp Camacho? And I said, it's going to be hard to do. Because I've been to a factory now, I think, I can't remember, either nine or 11 times. And every single time, there are two things that get me. One is when I walk into the curing barns. You walk into the curing barns, it is a sanctuary. It is peaked ceilings. It is exposed beams. And inside of those beams is an organic, gorgeous leaf that is turning from bright green to a golden brown. And when it, hit, when it hits that golden brown, it smells like freshly baked bread. And you can take those leaves and put your face in and keep your mouth open, inhale through your nose and, and enjoy that. And it smells like when your mother cooked freshly baked bread at home. And that is the smell. It is absolutely amazing. The second reason why I go down and the second thing that keeps me coming back is when I get to look into the faces of the people that work in the factory. Now, these are people that are making, in U.S. dollars, roughly 4 to $7 a week. A week. So we're talking about $30 a month that these people make. And you look at them, and one of the things... And I'm not afraid to admit this in any way. Something that I cry about. Now, I turn the other way. That way everyone can't see me. Because all of my customers do understand that I'm extremely masculine. Hair pouring out of my chest. When I walk into these factories. (laughs) I walk into these factories. And the very first thing that you hear when you walk into one of these rolling rooms are the rollers and blenders that take their chavetas, which are the knives. It's like a, it looks like a moon. They start tapping them. Everybody in unison, 600 people in there, start tapping the chavetas on the table. And that is their way of giving you a round of applause. Why is it a round of applause? Is it staged? No. Is there an applause light that comes on when we walk in? Absolutely not. The reason why is because they would not be making $30 a month if we weren't there supporting their product. They have kids. They have brothers. They have sisters. They work in families. They live in families. They live with their grandparents, their moms, everyone else. These are people that live 11 people to a house. And they sit there and they tap the chabetas on the counter And they show us that respect when we walk in. If you're a cigar shop owner, God bless you. I think that's terrific. I'm glad you're in the industry, everything else. If you're a cigar shop owner that when you get a box in, you take it and you stick it on the floor in the corner, or you rip the lid off of it and stick it sideways on the shelf, and you shove it in, or you sit there and you put on it, 
buy three, get one. I know that you have not been on a factory trip and looked these people in the eye that have just applauded you for walking in so that they could actually live. You go down there and you meet these people. One of the best experiences is when I go on the Davidoff trip, we get to have lunch at the Davidoff factory. Okay, cool. That sounds wonderful. But what happens is we start our lunch at the Davidoff factory. And about five minutes into our lunch, because we're in the, the um, essentially a commissary, a big patio area, a screened-in patio area. About five minutes after we start our lunch, all of the workers come in. And these workers are coming in, bringing their bags of their lunch, and they sit down, and they're kind of looking over at us. It's a little bit awkward at first, et cetera. And then some of the workers will get up, and in broken English, they will say, thank you, before they leave. And every single time I go down to the Davidoff factory, and I get to have lunch with the people that are making the products that I get to enjoy and sell every single day, that is so powerful to me. If you are a cigar retailer and you're ripping the boxes off the lids, you're turning them sideways, you're jamming them into the shelves, you're pulling them out of the boxes, you're shoving them into trays that you got so that you can get more space, you're putting them into corners, you're stacking them on the floors, you're sticking them on islands, you're shoving them into bags and saying, buy three, get one, get this hat if you buy this. You have never looked these people in the eye. Comment below. I can't wait to hear him. But if you have done this and you're on my side, you understand the respect and the discipline and the care that these people put in the tobacco. This is not a hobby. If you are in this industry as an owner of a retail company and you're looking at this as, oh, well, it's kind of a, court of, it's kind of a sort of cool thing. It's a hobby of mine. I really enjoy it. Go down there and shake hands with one of these people that's making $4 a week. Go down there and enjoy these and, and, and look at the... You know, go to Tampa, go to Miami, go to these places in the U.S. where people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to legislate so that we can sit there and say, here are the four plants this came from. There are no chemicals added. There's nothing else added to this. This is a pure, a very pure product that is not inhaled. It's not snorted. It's not shot up. It's not cooked on a key. It's not heated up on a spoon. Nothing. You take this organic product, you roll it up, and you age it for six months to 11 years in some cases, and then it's released to us. This is not an industry. This is not a product that needs strict regulation. This would be the exact same thing as going down to the, to, the, to the woman or man at the corner on Saturdays, if you live out in the country, which most of us do, you live out in the country and there's that person down there selling sweet corn and tomatoes. They're selling honey and honeycomb that they're going to sit there and out of their own pocket, they're going to let you eat one of the peaches that came off the tree. And it's so juicy, they hand you a, pe a paper towel so you can dry off. It is a peach off of a tree. That is what tobacco is when it's blended as a cigar. There's nothing else there. This is not a peach that is 15% ground up peach and then a whole bunch of other stuff sprayed in on top. 
stuff that we can't even pronounce. The FDA should be involved with cigarettes. They should be involved with vape. They should be involved with these nicotine patches. They should be involved with dip and everything else because who in the world knows what's going on? And they should make their money off of it. They should tax the hell out of it and make their money off of it. But if I hand you a peach and say it came off of that tree over there and you sit there and you have to do all of your, quote, research and we have to spend billions of dollars in tax money... And the only commercials that the government ever puts on TV are anti-smoking commercials. Then we have a problem. Do not lump cigars in with these other things. That's all it is. I'm not saying these other things are bad. There is a time and a place for everything. Some people have that need and that attraction towards the nicotine and towards those flavors and towards vape. They have the attraction towards cigarettes and the, social, uh, the socializing that it brings. But when it comes to cigars, it's such a pure, raw, organic tobacco. It is tobacco rolled up and aged, period. It is 100% a natural product. So I think when we look at these things, you know, we talk about... It, even when we look at um, convenience store tobacco, um, we look at, uh, you know, I'm not even going to say the names of the brands. I think that we know what they are. They come in cellophane. They're right back there with, with some things. They have wood tips. Uh, some of them have flavors. Uh, you know, they're sold in these things. Some people empty them out and pack other stuff in them. And that is called HTL, homogenized tobacco leaves. What they do is they take the tobacco leaves whatever the grounds are from when they make cigarettes, when they make cigars, they take whatever's on the floor, they toss it into a wood chipper, they ground it up, grind it up, they grind it up, and then they make it into essentially brown wallpaper. They add adhesives into it, they add chemicals into it, they make brown wallpaper out of it that is tobacco, homogenized tobacco leaves, HTL. And they make this big sheet of wallpaper that's the color of a tobacco leaf and with that sheet they then are able to make machine made cigars now those machine made cigars are held together by binders and adhesives and additives and all this other stuff again not a natural product we look at a cigar and one of my favorite things to do is when i do a cigar 101 when i take the staff out when i go out i do a cigar 101 I take a razor blade and I cut open lengthwise a cigar and I pull it apart. Actually, part of our staff training at Sure Thing Cigars involves this because we're trying to teach about the tobacco inside of a cigar. So we, we take a razor blade, we cut the cigar open, we, we open it up. And inside of it, we pull out organic matter, leaves. If you do the same thing with a homogenized tobacco product or with a cigarette or, or you know, any, any of those type of things, you're going to pull out grounds, you know, sawdust. And you can pull that sawdust up and it feels soft. It feels moist. There's propylene glycol in it. There's antifreeze. There's, uh, there are so many things in these things to keep that moisture and that feel to make things burn slower, to make them burn faster, to make you more addicted to it, to make you come back to make it hit your lungs faster, to make it trigger your brain faster. There are scientists behind all of this. Make up your mind. This is a podcast that is about information 
And at the end, we're going to tie it to your decision. There are things out there that are... Um, that are created to attract you and to bring you in and to hold you in that nest as long as they can. Cigars are one of those things where if you're sitting there smoking it with your best friend before he goes to war, that's going to be the best cigar you've ever smoked. Let it be an HTL leaf cigar. Let it be something. If you sit there in that atmosphere... With your uncle, who that's the last time you're ever going to see him again, and that's the cigar you get to smoke, that will be the best cigar you've ever had. People ask me all the time, what's the best cigar you've ever had? Depends on the company. Best cigar I've ever had, I was 21 years old. It was my first time in Las Vegas. I was at Casa Fuente, the first cigar that my dad and I ever enjoyed. And I was drinking a tangerine mojito. He had an old-fashioned. And I was smoking an Opus X. An angel share. Now, those of you cigar nerds are going to say, well, yeah, you smoked an Opus X. Of course, it's the best cigar you've ever smoked. Those of you with a heart will know that I smoked a cigar for the very first time with my father drinking a cocktail in Las Vegas. If they'd have handed me a matchstick with a filter on it, it would have been the best thing I ever smoked. Let the atmosphere be your addiction. Let the people that you're with be what brings you back. Because I promise you, it's not chemically or anything else within the cigar that is doing that. Check us out all the time on our Instagram, Facebook pages. Also, you can find us, continue to find us here on Apple on our Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Getting ready to hit the Amazon Podcast chart as well, so keep an eye out for that. All of our podcasts will also be, avail uh, be available at surethingscigars.com. And anytime you want to hang out with the staff, get a chance to come in, shake my hand or Luke's, and have a cigar and a cold beer with us, you're welcome to. You'll find us here on Sh at Sure Things Cigars, located on Florida's beautiful Emerald Coast. 